take your Bibles, please, and turn to Colossians chapter 3. And what we're doing on Sunday mornings is, well, Sunday nights we're doing a, a study through uh, Philippians. And tonight we're going to look in Philippians chapter 1 that it is worth it. And you want, well, what's it? Come tonight or this afternoon at 5 o'clock and you'll find out. And in the morning we're doing a series on following spiritual priorities. And so today we're looking at following spiritual priorities with the best of your energy. And we've looked at different things. We looked at the wise men following spiritual priorities. And we've looked at at different people and different individuals and things that we can learn uh, as we try and follow the Lord with our whole heart. So as we're following spiritual priorities with the the best of our energy. And uh, so we're going to look in Colossians in, in just a moment. But right now you saw some kids go kind of running out of here excited. Uh, they're excited to get to run. Uh, and now they're over in Children's Church. And I, I think sometimes we forget that what a challenge youth ministries are. And by the way, the, the adult Bible class is available for all adults, and you're never too old to learn something. And uh, Tim's an excellent teacher, does a great job presenting God's Word. And if you don't believe me, just ask Clorinda. She'll She'll give you an honest and unbiased uh, impersonation or impression. But um, as as we think about the kids over there, uh, pray for them. My wife pointed out to me this last week that uh, the things that bother kids, that seem so serious to them, they seem just as serious to the kids as our big problems seem to us. Now, I mean, their problems don't seem that big. And so sometimes adults, oh, you shouldn't fuss about that. You shouldn't worry about that. Don't cry about that. How many of you were ever told don't cry about that when you were little? How many of you felt like that was helpful? Uh, No, maybe you're thinking, I can't remember, but that's okay. We need to pray for the kids. They have a pressure in their world that didn't exist when I was a kid. And there's a pressure to reject the truth of God's word. When I was a kid, even the atheist teachers in school, which we had a few of them, even they would not attack Christianity. They would say they disagreed with it. But now it's under attack. And it's under attack in our culture, in their sports teams, in their neighborhoods. Uh, So let's just take a moment to to pray for the kids and then pray for ourselves as we get ready to listen to God's word because we're never too old to grow. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fact that Jesus Christ said, let the little children come to me. He loved them. He cared for them. He sat one in his lap. Thank you for his desire for us to have children's ministries. And we thank you for the ones we've already had this week in our uh, Good News Club and our Awana ministry and the ones we'll have this coming week in those activities. We thank you for uh, the the uh, Sunday school classes where the kids are loved by their teachers, they're prayed for, they're taught God's word. We thank you for the children's church that's going on right now. And uh, we understand that sometimes there's difficulty Kids have stresses and distresses just like adults do. So we pray that you would guide them and and comfort them and let the leaders show your love and grace to them, but let them also very clearly speak your truth and call them to follow you. 
Now here we are, Father, and we're going to have a message from your word, and we're going to be focusing on following spiritual priorities. And so we pray that this day we would learn that we would grow, that you would stir our hearts, and that we would be encouraged in what we're doing well, that we would be corrected in what might needs to be might need to be adjusted, and Father, that we would be convicted if there is sin in our lives. So we pray that you would be honored and glorified by the way we listen to your word, by the way we take it in and apply it into our own hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Following spiritual priorities with the the best of your energy. How many of you have unlimited energy? No. You know, even those kids that went running out of here, they felt like they had unlimited energy. In fact, a couple of kids' hands went up. Unlimited energy. Well, that's true while you're awake. We used to say with our older son that he had two speeds, full blast and off, and nothing in between. Uh, they have, kids have more energy maybe, but they still need to sleep. Nobody has unlimited energy except God. God can give out his energy. He can love and care and minister, and he is never diminished at all. And so we need to draw closer to him. Uh, Are you in Colossians chapter 3? Did I say that earlier? Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So God's word dwelling in you. What does it mean to dwell in you? Well, if we talk about a house, uh, it's a house till you move in, right? Then it becomes a home and you dwell in it. And so the word of God needs to take root in your heart and life. It needs to dwell in you and enrich you. You need to pay attention to it and learn from it. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's what we've been doing this morning. We've been encouraged and challenged from the scripture reading, from the songs that we've sung together, and now from God's word, uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, I know that some of you feel like you can't sing very well, and, and some of you have had people tell you that. I remember one, I've told you many times, I was sitting on the front row with a preacher, I was a guest speaker, and I was singing away, and he leaned over to me and said, you better stick to preaching, brother. In case you've wondered why I don't do solos, I thought about doing a solo. We were going to use it as a fundraiser. We'd lock the doors and charge you to get out. But, um, but the truth is, every person can sing with grace in their hearts to the Lord. Every person can do that. And God's Word said, you're supposed to do that. Verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Should should I read that verse again? All right, Uh, verse 21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Uh, that was an issue I did. I, I picked on my kids sometimes, and, and they would tell me, you're not supposed to provoke us. I said, no, you're just not supposed to get discouraged. But didn't work. <laughs> Fathers, 
Do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers. That's kind of a weird way in their culture that was very well understood. What it means is not just when people are watching. There used to be a commercial for Southwest Airlines and how many flights they had, you know. And so, the, when well, it was when we were living in Texas. Maybe they only ran those ads in Texas. I don't know. But, but the, the guys were all playing. And, you know, that guy's rolling a basketball around his shoulders and everything while the boss is away. And, and a, a lady in the office, she's hula hooping, and the boss walks in. And they weren't expecting him till tomorrow. If he'd been there, they'd been working. God says Christians are supposed to work when nobody's watching. Not like men-pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So I want you to think in terms of energy. Uh, People talk a lot about uh, time management. And in fact, last week we looked a little bit at time and and different things. But but it's energy management. Nobody has complete, total energy all the time. So we have to think about and give God our best. How many of you love to get up early? You're just energized and you're ready to go for the day when you get up early. How many of you really honestly believe six o'clock only comes once a day in the evening? (laughs) Some people really, really love to get up early. And some people, I remember when, when we got married, I was actually a late night guy and she was an early morning person. And she leaped out of bed and she's singing worship songs to the Lord at five in the morning. And I got a pillow over my head thinking, what have I done? (laughs) You know, the funny thing is now sometimes, occasionally, I'm up before her. It's still rare. But uh, but listen, it doesn't matter whether you're an early morning person or a late night person. Hopefully, you can get a job that works with you. Uh, It doesn't always happen. But what's, what's the best time? What's your peak time? A person who's an early morning person, they might have a peak time at 7 a.m. They are so ready, they're going. And if it's a person who's a late night person, uh, they're, they're about 10 o'clock, they're just revving up, right? Everybody else is shutting down to go to bed, and they're like, woo, woo, woo. And, and that's when they do their best stuff. So give the best of your energy to the Lord. Number one, energy is limited. Uh, In your bulletin, on the front of the bulletin, there's a verse, and in the inside, there's uh, a note sheet. If you want to use it, you don't have to. But energy is limited. Nobody does 24-7 except God. Uh, Years ago in our Awana ministries, uh, Awana clubs, uh, we had the youth ministry was called 24-7. So we had uh, 24-7 for track uh, middle school and 24-7 for journey. And they've since changed that. And it's now Awana Youth Ministries. And I like just Awana Youth Ministries a lot better because nobody does 24-7 except God. 
The only thing you can do 24-7 is breathe. If you're not doing that, you got some serious problems. Uh, but there's nothing else you can do 24-7. And even, I mean, there was a time in my life, a couple times when I was younger, and I worked more than 48 hours straight. But it wasn't 48 hours of full impact, wow, amazing contribution. It, it ebbed and flowed over the 48 hours. Nobody could do 24-7. Even Jesus, when he was on the earth, experienced times of great fatigue. It's not sin to feel tired. It's sin to be slothful. But it's not sin to feel tired. Jesus felt it. And nobody can keep going full blast. But you are supposed to be engaged and involved for the Lord. Now, Look what he says. He says in verse number uh, 23, uh, whatever you do, do it heartily. Do it heartily uh, from your soul. Put your heart into it. Put yourself into it. Do it till you're breathless. And then he says, as to the Lord, for you serve the Lord Christ. As a believer, you serve Christ. You don't just have a job that you have to go to and do whatever. You serve Christ. You're not just a student in private school or home school or Christian school or college. Uh, You are a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you serve him. So he deserves your best. Energy is limited. Secondly, you can learn to conserve energy and direct it toward spiritual priorities. So, those of you who are early morning people, uh, you how many of you, honestly, you never have to set, well, I guess retired people don't always have to set an alarm, but you wake up when you want to wake up whether there's an alarm or not, right? There's some people like that. That's, Kathy and I have, I don't think an alarm's woke us up once in 20 years, maybe, uh, we just always wake up. And we set an alarm if we have to get up really early just in case, but we're usually awake before the alarm and, and turn it off. Uh, but, but if you are an early morning person, when would be the best time of day to have your devotions and your study and your prayer? Early in the morning. So if you wake up a couple hours before you have to be at work and you're ready to go, then give that time to the Lord. Direct your energy towards spiritual priorities. If you're a later night person, uh, then when the late night comedians come on, and I'm, I'm not sure what happened, but years ago I used to think they were funny, and now they're really not very funny. And so if those guys are coming on, turn it off and get out your Bible. If you're a late night person, have your devotions and pray and sing to the Lord. Okay, if other people in your house are asleep, sing quietly. Uh, But worship the Lord and give God your best. When your energy is at its best, give that to God. I got a great picture for you here. This is doable. You can give God your best. There's a lady in a wedding dress climbing that hill. Yeah. Maybe there's a groom up on top. I, I don't know. Hopefully. Or maybe she's going to parachute down to him. But, but listen, it's doable. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Just a moment, I'll get it. 
Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Now, when I was a young guy and had a motorcycle, and as an old guy, I had one too. But as a young guy, I drove a little fast on my motorcycle. And as an older guy, I was more cautious. And, and as a young guy, I, I remember uh, on my way to church one day, I, my, uh, I was running late for church on a Wednesday night, and I was going a little fast, and I blew right past my pastor. And we got to church, you know, and pastor uh, pulls up, and he gets out of his car, and he puts his hands on his hip and says, what were you doing driving like that? And I said, well, pastor, you know, the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Now, those of you who know a motorcycle, that's where the throttle is. And I, uh, he said, that's a misapplication of scripture. Yeah, we can use the Bible to excuse a lot of behavior, can't we? The truth is, there's a law that says I was going too fast. And I needed to slow down and back off and be safer for other people. And uh, so Deuteronomy 6.5, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And if, if you have your bulletin on the front cover of the bulletin, there's a verse that was read earlier. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Now, it's interesting that heart, soul, and strength all talk about how we use our energy, how it's connected, how we're focused, how we're addressing things. And you, you put your heart into something. You give it your soul. You give it your all. You put your strength and your might into it. Uh, that's focusing on your energy for God. It is doable to use your energy, the best of your energy, for God. Um, but in order to do that, you must intentionally avoid sin. You must intentionally avoid sin. If you can't see that picture, there, there's a line that says, please stay behind the line, and the person is stepping over the line. Okay, I want you to mark your spot in Colossians. We'll be coming back here. And I want you to turn to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. Uh, Psalm 32 was written after David's sin with Bathsheba, after he was confronted by Nathan, after he repented. Psalm 51 is a description of his prayer of repentance. Psalm 32 just gives us a little snippet into David's life, something that is important for us to understand on this subject of using our energy for God. In Psalm 32, he says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Now, some of us know what it's like to have old bones, but even you kids, when you keep silent about your sin, your bones grow old. Through my groaning all the day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. You can't feel comfortable in your sin if you're a believer. Now, if you feel comfortable in your sin, then probably you're not a Christian. You need to trust Christ. The Holy Spirit will not allow a believer to feel comfortable in their sin. So for day and night your hand was heavy on me. My vitality... My energy in it was turned into the drought of summer. 
And then the word sila. Sila is probably just a musical pause where uh, sometimes in music, the quiet spaces are just as important as the, the ones where everybody's playing. And so the Psalms were written as songs to be sung in Israel. So we hear this, my bones grew old, my groaning day and night was heavy, my vitality was turned to the drought of summer. And then this pause. And then he says, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Pause. Selah. Then he says, for this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. And now God speaks from heaven. The the hymn writer, David, he's writing as if God himself is speaking. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. And now David speaks from the human perspective again. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Now, if you've been around for any length of time, you know when you feel emotional distress, you don't have as much energy. You feel down. In fact, people who suffer from clinical depression, they take naps a lot. They get tired. They get weary. And sometimes a little medicine can help that chemical imbalance and and level things out. But there's a weariness when life presses in on us. And we don't have the energy that we wish we did. And so let's jump back to Colossians chapter 3. You must intentionally avoid sin. Sin sucks the life out of your heart and soul. It just sucks your energy away. And so when he's talking about giving it your heart and, and, and giving uh, your best to God, uh, it talks about the way we're supposed to behave. And he talks about wives how they treat their husbands, and husbands, how they treat their wives, and children, how they treat their parents, and particularly fathers, how they treat their kids, and bond servants or employees, those under authority of another, how they treat other people. And and that's all part of our worship to God. That's all part of our service to God. I can't separate how I treat my dad and how I treat my God. God says they're connected. And even though I'm no longer a kid, duh, right? (laughs) I'm no longer a kid. uh, I have the responsibility to honor my dad and show respect to my dad, uh, even though I don't have to obey him anymore because I'm no longer under his authority. David, when he confessed his sin, he had renewed energy. 
And when you are connected to the Father, he infuses you with energy. Remember Jesus talking to the woman at the well? He was wearied and he sat down at the well and he talked to the woman and the disciples showed up with food and, and it's in John chapter 4. And then Jesus said to him, I've had meat to eat or food to eat that you don't know of. And they're like, did somebody else give him a snack? No, he was doing the will of the Father and it brought energy to him. He was energized by his obedience. So when you sin and then confess it to the Father, he will renew your strength. In fact, Isaiah says that. You will mount up with eagles. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. God will renew your strength when you walk with him. Now, uh, a third part of this you can learn to conserve energy is we need to understand that life is run at variable speeds and variable distances. A lot of people used to use this analogy, right? Life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. But it's not a marathon either. Because some days life is a sprint, Right? And other days, it's more marathon-paced. And, and so life is actually a series of runs. Some are fast, and some are slow, and some are in between. And there's lots of training that you can do. If you're an athlete, you do. You run at variable speeds and variable distances. When I was a cross-country runner, our coach had a scooter. And he would get out, and he would ride that scooter ahead of us. And our goal was to stay with him. And so when he wanted us to run really hard, he'd hit that scooter and we'd sprint after him and then we'd run, he'd back off and we'd back off and we, we never knew what was coming up. And it was, that's the way life is. You don't know what's coming up. There's variable speeds and variable distances and you just go with life. But you learn to conserve your energy so that you can focus on your spiritual priorities. We had a guy decided he was going to win the race, you know. And so the mile race started out, and he started way faster than everybody else. He was way out in front of everybody. And then by the time the race ended, he was about eighth place. He gave too much too soon and ran out of energy. And so you got to pace yourself in life. Uh, uh, different things come up every day, but every day, like, tomorrow's going to be Monday, right? And what's the day after Monday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, that's the way it happens most weeks, even in Canada, right, Martha? And and that's the way it is most weeks, even in Texas, right, Kathy? Yeah, Uh, that's the way it is, but every day is different. So you got to focus intentionally on giving your energy to God. In fact, uh, he says here, do it heartily uh, in verse number 23, Colossians 23. Do it heartily. That's giving it everything you've got. You, You just put everything into it. And with your whole heart, with your whole soul, till you're breathless, do it that way unto the Lord, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. You serve the Lord Christ. So you're doing this unto the Lord. In verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then in verse 23, whatever you do, do it heartily to the Lord and not to men. You're you're supposed to give it your best to serve the Lord. And you know, 
after Sundays, I'm pretty tired. I go home on Sunday afternoons. Actually, sometimes I've come home on Sunday afternoons. I'm so tired I can hardly eat. I'll eat just a little bit, and then I'll take a nap, and then I'll eat some more. And and uh, after Awana on Wednesday night, it's really funny. You see the workers coming in on Thursday night, Awana workers coming in, and, and they're walking in, and, and most of them are like, they're excited, and they're walking forward, you know, and, and they're welcoming kids, and they're loving, and then all the kids go home, and there's a few workers left, and they're walking out to their car. They're just, they're just spent. Why? Because they gave it their all. They gave it their best. And that's what we're supposed to do. It is doable, and we're supposed to do it heartily, and look at verse 24. It is rewardable for knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. On the screen, these are different images of Medal of Honors. And you serve the Lord, and so you will get that award. Now, it won't look like that. Uh, It'll be some type of crown for some of the awards. It'll be gold, silver, and precious stones for others of the awards. We don't know exactly what they'll look like, but uh, Revelation 22, the Lord said, My reward is with me. He's ready to give rewards to people. He is eager to reward you for your faithful labor. It is doable. It is rewardable. And so I want you to think this morning about some techniques. We teach what the Bible says, and we also teach some practical instructions for life. So here's some techniques you can use to direct your energy toward the Lord, okay? Uh, have a, a phone there. I think it's showing a compass. Yeah, it's showing the compass. Um, the other one was the compass. I have a compass app on my phone. All right, here's the first thing. So Jeff was just right with us. All right, time boxing. Time boxing. What is time boxing? It's not shoving your pocket watch into a box. It's setting a timer to force you to focus and work more swiftly. Force productivity. Parents do this. All right, kids, you got two minutes, set the timer, and the kids go like crazy. Okay, if you don't do this, parents, try it. It works. Okay, but but ideal productivity... Uh, I worked in my life to figure out what worked for me, and so I was talking to Benjamin about it uh, a couple years ago, and I said, for me, it works best to set like a 25-minute timer and then have a five-minute break. That five-minute break, I'll stand, I'll stretch, I'll walk, and then I'll set another 25-minute timer and then really hit it. And, And he said, where did you read that? I said, I just figured it out. It just works for me. I tried different methods and this works best. Well, there's some, he worked in the sports department and there's some physiology behind that. And that's what they use uh, for intensity for 25 minutes and then off for five and then intensity for 25 because that engages your brain. And so that's what time boxing is. You force yourself to work faster. And then batching. Batching, you, you do things uh, together. This is a bunch of envelopes. Maybe you write all your letters together, okay? You don't write letters, probably. A lot of you maybe do a, a few. But your emails, do it at one time. Uh, you can cook all the ground beef the day you bought it, and then you can freeze it. And then when it's time for a meal and you need a half a pound of ground beef, you just whip out that half pound bag. All right, if, if you need... 
uh, a pound. You grab two half-pound bags. You got them in Ziploc freezer bags, and, and they're ready to go. It saves time and energy. And then you can stack up your filing. Do it all at once. And I like to do that with I'm listening to uh, music or audiobook or something that uh, if I'm doing a job that doesn't take brain power, then I'll listen to something else while I do that job. I do that when I'm rearranging chairs in here sometimes. Uh, pay all your bills one time a week. Block time to make phone calls. The only disadvantages of that, if you block, you know, three to four, you're going to make all your calls if you miss people and they have to call you back. But block time for your devotion, your Bible reading and prayer. If those aren't part of your daily plan, then you're not drawing closer to the Lord. You're not giving Him the best of your energy. Another thing is to assign deadlines. Assign yourself deadlines. Parkinson's law says work expands to fill the time available. So if you tell people, here's the job you do, and take as long as you need to do the job right, it may never get done. But if you tell people, here's the job, it needs to be done by tomorrow at 2 o'clock, chances are it'll get done. In fact, that's one of the problems. Not every government agency is like this, but there's enough government agencies with people who just take their time. And, you know, I appreciate that I got great knee surgery and I'm doing well, but it took two and a half years for the VA to schedule my knee replacement and then another six months to or three months to actually accomplish it. And why? Well, they take their time. And sometimes you just need to push yourself. Give the best of your energy to God. You can accomplish more if you assign deadlines for yourself. If you're in school, you got built-in deadlines, right? This paper's due whenever. This, you know, the midterm, the final, they're coming. Well, we don't have that for most of life. So you can build it in, and it actually helps you. But if you don't push yourself, you naturally slow down. You will tweak it to death if you don't have an ending time. You'll keep adjusting and adjusting and adjusting and adjusting. All right, here's another one. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. See, if it's not challenging enough, you, you won't put your heart into it. Kids who are bored in school are the ones who cause the most problems. Challenge them. It's easier to direct your energy towards something that stretches you. Uh, they have different goal-setting things. You know, one of them is to stretch yourself. Don't set a goal that's really easy and really comfortable so you can mark it off. Yes, I met my goal for the week. Stretch yourself. Push yourself. Another is seek to be healthy. Workaholism is deadly. Laziness is too. Work to be healthy. Seek a healthy middle and healthy use of your time, healthy food, healthy exercise, healthy rest. Hydrate, stretch, use your muscles. Uh, and, and when you talk about losing weight, a lot of people, oh man, losing weight's the greatest thing. Well, it's not. Some people endanger their lives in the way they lose weight. You need to lose weight in a healthy manner. And I don't think you should ever have the goal, I'm going to lose weight. Have the goal of being more healthy. 
And a couple of years ago, I actually, well, three years ago almost, I set the goal of being more healthy, eating more healthfully, and exercising more regularly. And in the process, I did lose some weight. But my goal was not just lose the weight. It actually created some other problems. I had to buy some clothes that actually fit right, you know. And, and, but, but listen, you need to seek to be healthy. Your body belongs to the Lord. Therefore, the scripture says, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which both belong to God. So using your energy for the Lord, seeking to be healthy is a way to do it. And pushing yourself beyond your capacity is not healthy if you sustain that. In fact, I was talking to Gary East last week, and Gary has some health issues and difficulties, and he said he's good for about two to three hours a day. Is that, did I get that right? Okay. Most days. <laughs> two to three hours. So what does he plan? He has to use that energy to do what's best. And, and most of the time, one of the ways he uses that energy on Thursdays, he comes to Awana Clubs. This week, his doctor changed and gave him an appointment late on Thursday afternoon that he didn't have enough energy to be in Awana that night. But, but use the energy you have to do something for God. We all can do that. So seek to be healthy. And then set a timer for yourself on social media or video games. That's my 25-minute timer that I have on my phone. Set, set a timer for yourself. I actually don't spend time on social media. I just don't do it because I'm a Christian. No, I, I don't do it because it would mess with me. I couldn't handle that. Some of you do a great job. You're on it. You're off it. You don't live there. Uh, some of you do video games, and you'll do it for 20 minutes, and then you're good. Uh, uh, but some people get obsessed by it. In fact, there have been in America guys who have videotaped till they died. A video game till they died. They were, they were doing video games and they just stayed. And they were focused. And they were just chugging um, high energy drinks and not eating. And they died in their gamer chair. And the only way people found out they died is they stopped competing in the online game. So set a timer for yourself. Video games are not evil. In fact, they help some with hand-eye coordination, and there's some benefits of it. Some of you really enjoy it. Do it, but do it in moderation. Okay? Social media has some great benefits. Our church has a Facebook account. Uh, there's some great things you can do through social media, but do it in moderation. And then here's a big one. Do something to help someone. Do something to help someone. Like Jesus with the woman at the well. He met her need and suddenly he felt better and he was energized and he wasn't sitting weary. He was energized because he helped someone. God designed you for ministry. So if all you do is sit around and have a pity party about how bad your life is, you're not going to have much energy. But if you try and help somebody else, it gives you more energy. And as the, the verse says in verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. You should anticipate rewards. Anticipate rewards. See, 
It's almost like bribing yourself, right? And by the way, you can do that. You can set a reward for yourself. If I get this done by then, I will whatever. Okay, that's, that's okay. But what we really want to live for is our eternal reward. Someday we're going to stand before God, and what He wants to do is reward you. That's His heart. That's His desire. It's like parents with kids at Christmas. I don't know any parents who want the kid to wake up on Christmas and say, hey, there's no parents. And the parent go, ha, 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 yeah. Maybe there's some really weird parents like that out there. I don't know any. But we want them to have some joy in a gift. Now, not everybody practices Christmas. And if you don't, that's okay. But, but maybe a birthday gift or something. You can celebrate something. But our real goal is to celebrate in heaven with the Lord. Wouldn't it be cool in heaven to have the Lord say, well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. What a blessing that would be. So if you want to use your energy for the Lord, use the best of your energy for the Lord, you need to figure out what works for you. What works for you? Some of you are early morning people. Some of you are late morning people. Every one of us should be reading our Bible. Some of you can read chapters and books of the Bible. I actually really enjoy doing that, trying to block off time and read a whole book of the Bible. And it really helps you connect it in your head. Some of you don't enjoy reading very much. And so you can read a chapter and then read another chapter and then read another chapter. You, you can get through learning and reading the Bible. If you're a morning person, do it in the morning. If you're not a morning person, do it another time of day. But read your Bible regularly. It will challenge you to live well and honor God. As one writer said, you need to take a long look at your short life and make adjustments to bring glory to God. So, what we read in in Colossians 3, wives and mothers can do this, husbands can do this, And fathers can do this. Kids can do this. Employees can do this. You can do this no matter what stage of your life. You will enjoy life more fully and earn rewards in heaven when you are following spiritual priorities to the best of your energy, using the best of your energy, following spiritual priorities. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, look at your life and ask yourself, what's one thing I could change and do differently that would bring greater glory to God provide greater energy for me, and allow me to enjoy serving God in this area? What's, what's one thing you could do that would make a difference in your life? And then do it. We can plan, 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 and never execute the plan. Execution's great as long as we're executing the plan. God loves you. He has amazing things in store for your life now and in eternity. Give Him 
your best. 